When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With a large range of Volkswagen models in stock, visit Solitaire Volkswagen and test drive today. Live across South Australia, welcome to Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Oh yes, good morning to you. It's Saturday, time to start doing some living. 8th of October, top of 16 across Adelaide today to be partly cloudy. It feels like it's just on that sort of edge of the year where it's going to warm up pretty quickly. Bryce Gibbs is in bringing the heat on and away from the mic. Good morning to you, great man. Morning, Hazy. Uh, yeah, you're spot on. Uh, we're just getting that nice, sunny, warm weather just starting to threaten, it, isn't it? Got the shorts on today. Yeah. You've got the shorts I've on? I've got the shorts on as well. About time. You always have the shorts on. Always got the shorts on unless it's a really, really, really important meeting. And then even then, can you bring out the business shorts? Remember LeBron James in one of the final series brought out the business suit with the shorts? Worth about 60 grand per suit. <laughs> yeah. But still, we thought if LeBron James is going to uh, start that trend, I'm on board. But it hasn't uh, come off just quite yet. But let's see what happens. Shorts every single time of the year. Um, big show coming up. We've got a lot to talk about, of course. It's um, trade week. The first week is done. A little bit underwhelming, it must be said, because all we care about are two trades. And that is Jason Horn Francis, <laughs> the Port, and Isaac Rankin, the Crows. And they still haven't been done. Yeah, you're spot on. And. I don't know. After it always usually traditionally takes a little bit longer to for trades. Certainly some of the big ones to go through. But after day one, there was a couple of trades that went through early, and it was like, oh, hang on, mm. we're in for some action early on in the piece this year. But uh, it was a bit of a letdown because since probably Monday, uh, not much has happened. Yeah, I a lot mean, of delisted free agents, but yep. no actually proper trades have gone through. Especially the big names like uh, you know Jackson Grundy. Uh, Dunkley, the, these bigger ones we thought might happen a little bit earlier than they have, and, and you're spot on with Jason Horn francis and, and Isaac Rankin. We're pretty much told the Isaac Rankin one's been done. Uh, they're just sort of toing and froing over a, a couple of late picks, but uh, haven't pulled the trigger yet. Well, from a Crows perspective, they're just waiting. It's all in the hands now, apparently, of the Gold Coast Suns, and they need to just pull the trigger and make the move because they're the ones that sort of... From, from the words coming out of last night, the latest was that Gold Coast are pretty much prioritising other deals. It just needs to be ticked off, is what we're hearing, Isaac Rankin deal. Um, so they're just being a little bit tardy. Just get it done. Get Isaac and Crow's colours. I want to hear him speak for the first time because we've stopped him about two or three times at the airport. He's under strict instructions from his manager not to say a word. It'd be good to hear the young man finally speak because he's a ripping young kid and he's got a very bright future. Yeah, he certainly does. And yeah, I'm interested to hear his thoughts and feelings and, and how he, he come to this decision as well. So uh, yeah, if it's if it's just a couple of back-end picks, I'm with you. Just pull the trigger and uh, let's get on with it. Let's get on with it. Let's have some fun. Let's start uh, thinking about Jason Horn francis Some mixed thoughts and opinions, I suppose, as well. Now the latest is a potential six-club mega trade, which is really getting to our Adam Cooney territory. We start to get to uh, anything north of six teams. You start to employ the big dogs and say, "Well, how can we get an eight-team trade, eighteen-team trade involved in this?" Call Adam Cooney. He'll help you out. He'll put you in the right direction. Um, but look, through the week there was a lot of, "Well, this is happening." Actually, no, it's not. Well, this is happening. Yeah, actually, no, it's not. For example, Riley Bonner spoke in North Melbourne. 
No, no, he didn't. Okay. Um, which Georgiades? Uh, he might be up for trade. No. Right now? No, he's not. Well, North are after Zach Butters. No, <laughs> no, they're not. So it's like, here's some news. Here's the follow-up news. That news before is not true. Who's So who's throwing these these requests out or the, these potential trades, these potential players? Who's, who's putting these players on the table? Oh, they're coming from everywhere. It's not you, is it? It's not me. <laughs> I can, can tell confirm? you. It's, can confirm it's not me. I'm sitting in the uh, cheap seats right now and just watching it all play out, eating some popcorn. It's that time of year where you refresh your phone every couple of minutes, so I reckon you get a new story. And right now, 80% of the stories are about Jason Horn Francis and this potential trade. Um, when we spoke to you during the week, you know the young man quite well. And you said, look, let's catch up for a coffee, Jase, because he's in town right now. Um, can confirm, been hiding in his bin in his mum's house. <laughs> Haven't seen him, but seen his mum a couple of times. Just kidding. Um, locked in a coffee yet or what? Nah, <laughs> I haven't. Uh, he's... He's been practicing his, his media response, I can tell you that, because he's <laughs> yeah. given me the straight bat and says, look, Giver, I've, uh, I've got a bit on my plate at the moment, but uh, when everything calms down a bit, uh, we'll catch up. I'll let you know when that is. So certainly won't be uh, this week, I'm guessing. I'll tell you what, when you have a coffee with him, I know a gorgeous little cafe in Hindmarsh. <laughs> Coincidentally, just across the road from Channel 7. <laughs> so uh, just let me know when you guys are doing it. And obviously, you know, everything's above board, but... I suppose we'll see what happens with that little coffee date and exactly what Jason North France was to say. But Wednesday is the cutoff date for trade period. That's when it all ends. And now the other sort of theory emerging as well, and some of the football experts are saying, no, 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 North Melbourne should stand their ground and do what's happened for a lot of people in the past. For example, the big example, the big, the classic example recently is Tom Papley. Tom Papley was gone, openly wanted to go to Carlton a couple of years ago, and now it's clearly turned around. He signed a five-year extension. Geez, that would be ballsy from North Melbourne to back themselves in to try and turn Jason on Francis' thoughts around in one year. Yeah, they would. But I think I think just with the way North Melbourne are at as a footy club, I mean, they don't really have a coach at the moment. Yep. There's so uncertainty in that footy club. And that's, I, I mean, I'm speculating here, but I dare say that's a, a part to play in, in Jason's decision to, to request a trade back to Adelaide. So, yeah, look, it is fascinating and, and you're right. The way that Tom Papley turned around and had such an amazing year after his uh, trade request to Carlton was denied, and now he finds himself with a five-year deal. I mean, you look at uh, Josh Dunkley as well. He requ requested a trade to Essendon last year. That, that didn't happen, and he goes on to have an amazing year and, and wins the Bulldogs' best and fairest this year. So he, we all know he's requested a trade to Brisbane now, but um, for him, for that um, trade not to go through, he, he come back and had a really good year as well. So... It, uh, it certainly is interesting. Mm, indeed. 0427 154 166. That's a text line. Uh, we want to get you involved nice and early in the show this morning. Of course, you can give us a call. 1300 736 736. And we'll kick it off with every number one draft pick who's been traded to another club. There's a lot more of these players than you think, of course. Jason Norton Francis, if everything goes to plan, he'll be in that club. You're in that club. Um, so give us your nominations and the best in terms of where it's worked. So Nathan Buckley was the number one pick. He was a zone selection, but he was still regarded as number one pick. Am I right in saying that? Uh, yeah, yep, I'll give you that. So he's probably the best of them, obviously. 20 games at Brisbane, rising star, but then he goes on and does the things that he did at Collingwood. Uh, but there's some other really, really good examples, which we'll go through a little bit later on this morning. But get involved, 0427 154 166. Uh, give us your nominations. So we'll go through the potential ins and outs of the Crows as well and 
the makeup now when we um, analyse, and let's assume these players are coming in, Isaac Rankin definitely coming in. You'd hope that Jason Horn Francis is coming, etc. So we'll just sort of analyse some of the other changes. The big one as well, Asava Radigalia. Looks like he's probably going to come in. He wants to get to Port Adelaide. That's the latest. So that would definitely shake up their back line. So he, is he nominated now, has he? Or I don't know if he's officially quite, nominated, yep. but it is out there now that he wants to get to Port Adelaide. Well, that was a quick turnaround because Andrew Mackey spoke earlier in the week when asked about Asava Radigalia, and he was quick to say, no, 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 he's a required player and, and he won't be going anywhere. And then 24, 48 hours, he started, I think, to listen to a, a few few pitches from clubs uh, and Port, no doubt, have been linked to him and, and linked to him playing as a key defender. As we all know, he's played most of his career as a, as a key forward Um Second ruck, but uh, played a bit of defence in the VFL this year. So yep. he could fit into Port's back line nicely as they need a key defender. Just bolster up that back line and give some of the other boys a bit of a chop out. Um, it was funny, wasn't it? You just sort of get the feeling that Andrew Mackey, um, with every good in, uh, intention, just went a bit hard on day one on a Sava Radiglia. He eased up, but then Simon Lloyd spoke yesterday and basically reaffirmed what Andrew Mackey said. Okay. But it feels like the inside word is that Asava is still going to get to Port Adelaide and he wants to get there and you can't hold a bloke back who wants to go somewhere else, even if he's on contract, for better opportunities. Well, it might have been a case of it just popping up unexpectedly. Asava might have been happy a couple of weeks ago and keen to go around at Geelong, but had and now has since had some, some interest uh, and could get a, a couple of years on some all right coin and, and that might have changed his mind. So uh, that's how quickly things can happen, Hazy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we'll talk about some of the big shock trades in world sport as well because um, AFL footballers, uh, let's be honest, they've got it reasonably easy compared to some of the big dogs in world sport. And look, the argument against that is you sign up to play in some of these leagues and if you're good enough, then the difference is millions and millions of dollars. So, yes, uh, it comes with the contract that you can get traded literally at any second as long as it's in the window. There's no, well, let's check with the player first. Or there's no, mm, well, let's just make sure that he's happy for this to go through, a la what happens in the AFL. There's only a few, and if you do know straight off the top, there's only a handful of NBA players in the entirety of the competition that have had no trade clauses in their contract. One of them... Definitely, I know, was Carmelo Anthony when he went to the Knicks. No trade clause, meaning I cannot be traded unless I approve it. Everybody else, and there's only a few of them, everybody else in the history, yep, you can get traded at the drop of a hat. It's huge. It's a big country too. You can yeah. go from one end to the other end within uh, a half an hour. And sometimes they're like, yep, you get traded. Um, you're suiting up for your next team across the other side of the country, a big, big country, uh, 12 hours later. Yeah, it, it is. it is fascinating. And... You even see guys that just get drafted. So they go to the draft, select Andrew Hayes with pick five, and then an hour later, oh, we've just shipped you off to Milwaukee. Mm. See you later. Yeah. Cop that, Tanner Bruin. You're upset you're going to GWS. Just drafted you and then shipped you off within the space of a couple of hours. Yeah. Imagine if you're, on, if you're from Buffalo and all of a sudden you've got to go right down south to the other side of the country. <laughs> and you wouldn't have a smile on your face, would you? No, you wouldn't. But you're playing in the NBA, so you're probably a little bit happy. Um, right, so we'll go through some of those shock trades. Uh, we want to get you involved as well and give us your thoughts um, of how the trade period's going as well. Right now, Port Adelaide sit pretty comfortably, I would think. Uh, no one expected the Jason Horn Francis deal to go through nice and early. There was hope that it would, but it's one of the it is the biggest trade um, of the trade period. They never go through early. 
Uh, and the other one is a Sava Radigalea. So if everything goes to plan right now, Port Adelaide end up with Junior Rioli, Sava Radigalea, and Jason Horn Francis. That would be a huge result. The Crows aren't expected to do anything else but acquire Isaac Rankin. So if all these trades goes to plan, it's been a reasonable uh, trade period for both clubs. Yep. And there's still some other Crows players that haven't been moved yet, which still potentially could happen as well. Talking Billy Frampton to Collingwood. Yep. They reckon that gets done for a future third, but that seems pretty straightforward. That hasn't been done yet. Uh, will Matt Crouch land somewhere? Fisher Mackesy's been linked to, to Carlton and as he hasn't had uh, much of a tu- opportunity so far in his Crows career. So there still could be some movement from the Crows, but in terms of getting other players in, uh, I think they've said they're going to be pretty quiet and, and move on to the draft from this point in. The Billy Frampton one's interesting because they're the types of trades which you expect to go through nice and early. They're the ones you go, okay, yep, that was expected. It's not a big deal. But on the flip side... It does take some of these bigger trades to get done in terms of the Josh Dunkleys, the the Luke Jacksons, the Brody Grundys, because that they are a lot bigger and it's usually involve a few more picks. So clubs sort of wait to see once they go through what picks they have left. They might acquire a couple more picks that they didn't think they had or, or give away picks that they thought they may use to get other players in. So it takes one or two of those bigger ones to go through and then we usually see you know, 10 to 15 get done pretty quickly once they know, once clubs know what they've got to bargain with. Yep. Um, we're getting a really solid insight from you, a man who's been in this position. The stress of the final couple of days of a trade period, you did it twice. Unsuccessful the first time before you eventually got traded to the Crows. So it would be a really, really interesting time for, for a football player. Well, it is. It, it certainly is. And it, especially when you're expecting that it's going to happen. Yeah. By, by all reports, mine was, was going to happen and that just kept lingering and lingering and lingering and lingering. And yeah. it got to the, to the final five minutes. Um, and I'll, I'll explain later in uh, the segment, Tell Me Bryce, but I was actually on a flight <laughs> once uh, the final hour of trade period finished. So I actually didn't know until I, I landed at the airport. Until you landed. There you mm. go. That's a very interesting text or phone call to... Uh, Turn your phone on to all right, 0427-154-166. That is the text line. We're doing a thanks to our very good friends and a big thanks to Solitaire Volkswagen. The new performance R range is now at Solitaire Volkswagen. 16 is the top across Adelaide today. It'll be partly cloudy. With a large range of Volkswagen models in stock, visit Solitaire Volkswagen and test drive today. Live across Australia. Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. 0427 154 166. That is the text line. A lot of texts coming through as well. It's Saturday, so let's just have some fun. That's what we do. This one in particular. It says, not sure if you can clean this up the show this morning, but I dream about Jason and Francis Butters and Rosie together in the Port Adelaide midfield in 2023, and I might have woken up for my first erection in seven years, which Sorry. makes sense. Now I've got your attention, Bryce. Oh, I was- I was trying to read through th- some of these texts. I just heard one word. I was like, what you, what's going on here? Classic. Classic. You heard the word Jason <laughs> yeah. and immediately got I get so excited, excited. with the word Jason. Yeah, Francis. you're not the only one. But seriously, think about that. Butters, Rosie, Jason and Francis. It is very, very arousing indeed. It certainly is. And he, uh, he, he really does suit that midfield. And then when he goes and rests forward, uh, he's a goal kicker as well. Jason can take a good mark. So, um, yeah, good good mix of uh, inside-outside players in that engine room for uh, the next mm. 10 to 15 years, I'd reckon. Now he's awake. Look now at him. 
<laughs> good text. It was good, a good coming text. through. It was a good text. 0427 Tell me price, tell me sweet little price. Pretty sick of talking about it, to be honest. Tell me price. Oh, the final day of trade period each and every year is absolutely chaotic. Off its face. You're a man who knows this situation twice, good and bad. Take us through it. Yeah, it was. And, I mean, once I'd come to the decision to, to request a trade and, and back to back to the Crows, it was obviously going to take a little bit of time to to get through. And um, they said, just be patient with it. Uh, we've got a, I've got a bit to get through. So um, I, was, I was waiting for a couple of other trades to happen, which would have strengthened the Crows' hand in terms of draft picks and, and what they could negotiate with. So... Um, they played off in a grand final, so they they had a back end of first round pick, round pick seventeen or whatever it was. So they needed to get a few more things in. But um, in that same draft period, Charlie Cameron left, so they required a, an early pick for him. Uh, there was talk of pit, uh, potentially uh, Mitch McGovern going as well. Um, that didn't happen, but he w- would go on. The following year and, and go and uh, I think a first round pick was involved in that but there was a few other trades that needed to get done uh, before before mine could happen so um, they said just be patient it will sort of happen the back end of the trade period so that was fine I was uh, I'd actually booked to head over to the states uh, which sort of overlapped towards the end of the trade period so I was hopingly wishing that something had happened before taking off um, and bowl reports through my manager, uh, he kept me pretty calm, saying, "Yep, negotiations are going pretty well. It's all it's all happening. Something will get done. Uh, we're pr- we're pretty confident." Uh, but as it kept lingering on and lingering on, I, I was you know, getting not too nervous, but I was like, you know, I've requested a trade and I'm obviously contracted, so if nothing happens, um, it's not going to be the, the, the most ideal situation, but uh, I was reassured, no, things will get done, things will get done. Um, and at the time, uh, Nigel Carmody was looking after it, who uh, worked for TLA, um, and Justin Reid was the Crows list manager, who also used to work at TLA before he was the, the Crows list manager. So they had a really good relationship, and both both parties kept reassuring me that it'll, that it'll get done. So anyway, it came down, I think it was basically... The two first round picks, and then plus a bit similar to a lot of the trades, second or third futures getting swapped, and that was it was sort of the back end sort of stuff. But I think, I think both clubs sort of got to a point where they were like, if we leave this to the last minute, either one of them's going to give in. So Carlton wanted two first round picks, and Adelaide were, I think, on the on the more of all, let's try and catch their bluff. Let's leave it a little bit late. And maybe we go, oh, we'll give you a first round pick and some more back end deals where Carlton were pretty adamant. Nah, we want two first round picks for him. So it got down. Well, as I said, I was catching a flight to a connecting flight from uh, Melbourne to New Zealand, New Zealand to the States. And it was in the final couple of hours where I was actually going to be in the air from Melbourne to, to New Zealand. So, I would find my fate when I landed at the airport in New Zealand. I remember um, just before taking off, uh, speaking to Nigel, I was like, "Well, is there anything done yet?" Because I'm about to about to leave. He goes, "Nah, it'll it'll probably come down to the last you know half an hour or so, but you, we should be right. You should be able to get it done." And I was flying with Daisy Thomas, 
Uh, and I, I was lucky I had him with me because he kept me, kept me, kept my mind off it, and um, and you know I was able to try and uh, be distracted uh, with, with him, with him with me. So anyway, we. <laughs> We're flying, we're starting to set down into in New Zealand. Uh, the trade period had finished about half an hour ago. Um, and I couldn't, I couldn't look at my, I couldn't look at my messages or look at social media. I, I just, I said, you do it. Like as we landed, I said, you, Daisy, you look at it for me. So he's like, he got on there and he, like, he paused for seeing what, two minutes. It would have been like 10 seconds. And I was like, did it get done? And he, and he didn't even look at me. He just like shook his head. It was like, nah. And I was like, oh. and I was like, I thought he was joking because you know what Daisy's like. He's a bit of a character, and he's always up for a bit of a laugh. And I was just, I was waiting for him to go. Oh no, no, you got across like you're all good. But um, yeah, he blank face, shook his head, didn't get done. Jeez. So then turned my phone on to you know hundreds of messages. Um, obviously, social media had blown up, and I don't know. I was probably just in a bit of a state of shock because I'd uh, I'd been told so many times that yeah we'll be able to get this done it'll happen uh it'll come it'll happen late but we should be able to facilitate it so yeah then it's uh then it didn't happen obviously so obviously the phone calls that follow that um took took a while and i remember this was all happening at uh in the business lounge at uh at new zealand airport as uh, again i had to catch a flight so i had to try and get all these conversations out before going on a uh on a 12-hour flight to uh to la but um yeah, and then fast forward 12 months, we're in the same situation, right? Again, it, the, the deal got done eventually, but and as, essentially it was the same deal that was put on the table 12 months earlier. Yep. But when the papers, the second time around, when the papers were put through to the AFL, I'm not sure who it was, if, if it was either Adelaide or Carlton, but they had put in the wrong pick, oh, no. like like in the, in the future second or future third round... Um, swap back, it wasn't the originally pick, the original pick that they had negotiated. That's pretty careless stuff. So luckily, someone went over that and picked it, and then they were like, "Right, oh, nah, deal's off. That's not what we agreed on." And this was again late in the piece in the second year, and I was like, "You're kidding me, aren't you?" So then, from that point, I think both clubs said, "We're going literally to the pub. We're locking you in a room, and we're not leaving until this deal gets done." It was a genuine, good old-fashioned lock-in, and that's what happened in the end. And they thrashed it out for another three or four hours and walked out of that room, handshake, deal's done, sent it in, finally got done. So who, who was in the room? Reedy and, and Sauce? Sauce, yeah. And they were absolutely blind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not sure whether there, were, there was alcohol involved or not towards the end of it to try and make it happen. But yeah, it, it came down to we're locking the two clubs we're locking you in a room and you work this out until it until it happens there you go so the first time around when it didn't go through then what were the first conversations with Carlton like oh well it was a, a th- uh, pretty easy as we, we were trying this is what we've offered Adelaide yeah this is what we're this is what we want it's all on the table you either take it or leave it so from their point of view they respected my decision to leave they sought my value and this is what we think you're worth in terms of the picks and, and whatever else. So from their point of view, they just said they knew pretty early on what we wanted. Yeah. It was up to them to go and get it done. And we didn't budge on that the whole way through. So, so there's no bad blood though. There's no bad blood going, going back to training between teammates, between uh, higher officials at the Blues? No, not at all. And I think you know my reasons to come back were, were genuine and 
uh, they'd been put on the table. And um, I think that's what made it easy going back. Like after the first initial conversations about it, going then going back to the first day of pre-season, like nothing was really, we didn't really speak about it from then. And it was yeah. business as usual. Um, reasons for coming home, let me guess. You're just a bit homesick? Just a bit homesick, yeah. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Which is strange. Not many blokes get that homesick when they've been over in Melbourne. Bryce Gibbs, no Jason or yeah, Francis. Yeah. Add it to the list. <laughs> so, yeah, not. Uh, it was a little bit, um, what's the word? It was a bit stressful. Yep. And the anxiety around, around uh, you know, the, the pressures of, of it going through were, were real. But, um, yeah, it's... Uh, it was, a, it was a roller coaster couple of hours, two years in a row. There you go. Very nice little insight there from Bryce Gibbs. Um, got a text for you as well, uh, which I'll read to you after the break, uh, Bryce, in regards to a bit of a murmur floating around about Jason Horn Francis. All right. So we'll get into that after the news, which is happening right now. Doing it thanks to Solitaire Volkswagen this morning. The new performance R range is now at Solitaire Volkswagen, top of 16 across Adelaide today. Live across Australia. Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Jeez, oh, such a good morning for you. And uh, 0427-154-166, that is a text line. A lot of texts coming through um, with some very, very direct questions for you, Bryce. This one, can you confirm or deny when Jason and Francis sought your advice, you absolutely told him not to consider the crows? That's from Costa. Ooh, good yep. little insight. Just steering him away from the crows. Yeah, I said, don't you dare go to the crows, Jason. <laughs> Do not go to that football club. He said, Bryce, what should I do? <laughs> you said, I'll tell you what not to do, <laughs> yeah. and that's go to the Crows. Yeah. No, I wouldn't. I would not say that to Jason. I would not point him in either direction. That's why you have a manager, Hazy. That's why you pay them to to help you give you the information that you need to make the educated decision. But I think, I mean, there's some Port Adelaide ties there with Jason, yep. and I think once the Crows were all in. On Rankin, it would have been hard to get him in this year anyway. So even if he did want to go to the Crows, I think it would probably be extremely hard given the reports on that uh, the Crows are looking to front end his contract. But also he was gettable extremely late in the piece. Yes. Hence why... They wouldn't have seen it coming. Hence Adelaide. why Jack Graham sort of ended up doing a bit of a backflip on Jack Graham was all yep. of a sudden Jason Francis was available. Uh, but look, that, <laughs> that could go down as one of those rumours that you probably see on Big Footy. You probably see on Twitter. For example, Jesse C at Jesse C. This was yesterday. Can anyone confirm Fabian Francis had a car purchased for him by Port and MG um, three to six months ago to get him to convince Jason to leave? <laughs> 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 Who makes this shit up? <laughs> Where does it come from? That's uh, uh, good though. You would have uh, heard some. Uh, every footballer, every prominent footballer at some stage would have heard some solid rumours about them. Yeah, and. Maybe we should have a segment on, on this show each and every week. See how many couple of rumours we can start and then see if they actually get genuine legs during the week because I reckon more often than not, they would. Oh, gosh. There was one. I can't even go into detail what it was, but all I can say was it was a bloke who works for opposition TV station, a cameraman, one time when we were sitting in the airport, told me a rumour involving Kane Corns, and all I could do was laugh. Like, oh my gosh. I'm not even going to repeat it to Kane because I'm not sure if he'd get angry. He'd probably laugh, but it's so ridiculous that people could come up with that and you just wonder where it starts. Yeah, yeah. Because people will say, oh, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. No, 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 no. Sometimes there's no smoke or fire <laughs> yeah. from some of those things. There's a couple of very boring people out there that uh, don't have 
a lot to do in their lives, Hazy. Mm. But start rumours about people. Anyway, uh, Jason Horn Francis, is it true that the reason he's leaving North? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, 1300 736 736, that's the number as well to get in touch with us before 10.30. Pretty good day across Adelaide today. What should we get up to? In South Australia, round Cape Horn! South Australia. What's on in SA? Climate's Trade Centre. Regency Park has the best Dakin prices. Don't you even stress about that. Guinea, Guinness on Guinea's Irish Spring Fling Day at Morfittville. Great day of racing, fun, music, of course, your Guinness or two. Get Shamrock with your U2 cover band Vertigo live on stage after the last race. Um, thoughts on Guinness as a beverage? I don't think I've ever had a Guinness. You've never had, you've I, never tasted a Guinness? I've never had a glass of Guinness, no. Well, just, just imagine this. If you're one who enjoys drinking beers like Corona, it's like the exact opposite of a Corona. Yeah. Thick, dark, feels like you're having a meal, and it feels like you're struggling to get through it because you're drinking a bowl of soup. Well, I enjoy a Corona, so maybe I, I wouldn't enjoy a Guinness. But no, maybe that's uh, something I need to tick off this summer is uh, have a Guinness. Mm, just get a couple of Guinnesses in you and see what happens. You put on uh, weight quick, smart. Don't worry about yeah, that. Okay. Um, a bit of AFLW on today as well, Kipsy? There certainly is. So get down to Unley Oval from 2.40 today. The Crows are taking on the Fremantle Dockers. There you go. So the, the girls have got a happy hunting ground down at Unley Oval. Yeah. Kicking um, a record 93 points, I think it was. A couple of weeks ago, so mm-hmm. they enjoy playing at uh, Unley Oval. Yeah, they do. Um, and the Crows are on fire. Dockers are battling at the moment as well, which is goes a bit against what they've been like in the last sort of few seasons. This could be very, very dangerous for the Dockers at Unley. 70 plus, I reckon, maybe, for the Crows. Seven, oh, 70 plus points. 70 plus points. Not 70 plus goals. 70 plus points. I thought you were going to say 70 plus people. There would definitely be 70 plus people. Uh, passenger, Sunday night, Thebby. So just Google that for tickets. You know, Passenger, music goes, and you let her go. Remember that song? Yeah, how does it go? Oh, you only need the light when it's burning low. He sings like that. He's got this weird sort of very, yeah, very right. unique voice. Oh. Tells a good story too. Yeah, okay. When was the last uh, gig you saw? The last gig? Oh, that's a good question. I'll have to get back to you. Okay. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a fair while. Yeah. Uh, the Croatian Film Festival as well. The Regal Theatre is proud to be hosting the 2022 Croatian Film Festival, which I know you're a massive fan of, Gibbsy. Uh, Running from Friday 7th of October to <laughs> Sunday 9th of October. Get your tickets. Line up. Oh, I'll head down for a look. Of course. Watch Why wouldn't you? Mm. Uh, 0427 154 166. A lot of text coming through as well, including this one. I like to look all reports from the different states. And WA, the reports are that only a West Coast will part with pick two is for a young star player. Pick eight and a future first or late first round selection won't be enough. So West Coast inquired uh, about Dan Houston. Have they? Yes, they did. To which I think Port Adelaide giggled and said, yeah, um, in the words of one of the most iconic Australian movies of all time, tell him he's dreaming. Yeah. Uh, Well, Port are very adamant that they're not going to give up any of their young talent. No. It's like it's just not going to happen. No, because why would they when Jason Horn Francis is gettable? It would seem. Correct me if I'm wrong. Horn Francis is gettable without having to lose big assets or young gun assets like that. And Dan Houston's more like obviously more established than some of these other young guns. He's played over 100 games now. He's 25, but he's about to go into his prime. He, he's ceiling Dan Houston. 
he's going to probably finish top three in the best and fairest in a month or so time. He could be an all Australian. That's the sort of level I reckon he could get. Could to. he be potential captain material one day? I don't. I don't you, know. You got leadership aspirations? I, I'm, I'm not even sure. Not sure, but that could be something that he sort of leans towards. Yeah. But either way, he's going to head well north of 200 games and yeah, be a yeah. good player. He's for a, a long time. he's a very good player. But uh, I don't know. With these deals, you if you're going after high profile talent and early picks and things, you still got to give up something. So, but Porter obviously. Dug their heels in with a lot of their young stars being linked or rumoured to other clubs in, in these deals and they've uh, shut them down all pretty quickly. Yep. Um, morning, lads. So I heard a caller on Roach and John Casey show last night asking what they thought of the idea of Charlie Dixon playing as a defender next season. Do you guys think that Dixon could handle the big-bodied forwards? What do you guys think of it? That's from Bob in Brompton. Well, I think absolutely in a wrestle, Charlie Dixon could handle the biggest forwards in the competition because he is the biggest forward and one of the biggest forwards in the competition. Um, at this stage of Charlie Dixon's career, I think that would be an extremely brave move to put him down back as well as the way that Charlie's body is. You want him to be playing footy, like I suppose, on his terms instead of being dictated by players like defenders do. Yeah, and I think what Charlie gives you ahead of the ball is that big anchoring target and he's going to have to take a big key defender and he can handle that at which then allows you know the second defender to go to Marshall or the the third defender to go to Marshall so it's a bit of a ripple effect by him taking the number one player number one opposition defensive player that he can actually handle himself and still have his 10 to 15 touches kick his one to two goals a game whereas if you take him out of there playing back it's a bit of a snowball effect. And then obviously if Marshall gets the number one and so on and so on. So I think in terms of the way he straightens Port up, it'd be silly that for them to take him out of uh, full forward. Yep. Um, good text, though. Kept him coming through. 0427 154 166. This one from Brett. The funny thing is with rumours, the more ridiculous it is, the more people will believe it. That's spot on. Like the, the most outrageous rumours. People are like, well, it can't not be true because it's that outrageous. For example, I mean, there could be a rumour that comes through and says, oh, look, Bryce Gibbs had to leave Carlton because um, he and one of his best mates at Carlton um, were at a house party. And the best mate walked in on Bryce Gibbs with that particular guy's wife performing a sex act. <laughs> oh, wait, actually, that actually happened to the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs a couple of years ago. Whoops, that's not a rumour. And that's why Adam Elliott left. Yeah, righto. And <laughs> maybe that might have happened to Wayne Carey too back in the day. But... Um, we, and we, that's why maybe some of the rumours are believable. We can Thanks a lot, that. NRL. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're spot on. It uh, can get a little bit weird and wacky, that's for sure. 14 minutes past nine o'clock. Keep the text coming through, though. 0427 154 166. Uh, a lot to get through. Let's go into a big old-fashioned trade discussion next. Uh, it's set to be a frantic few days of the trade period, ending next Wednesday. Doing thanks to Solitaire this morning as well. Top of 16 across Adelaide today. With a large range of Volkswagen models in stock, visit Solitaire Volkswagen and test drive today. Live across Australia, Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Giggs. Coming to you live from SNSA studio, Lumo, 1 King William Street, powered by Lumo Energy SA, right in the heart of the city. Give us a text, 0427 154 166. Uh, text like this, guys, the players, Houston Butters, Georgiades aren't being approached through the club. West Coast and North are approaching players offering big contracts, trying to get them to request a trade through their managers. Damien Barrett reported that Port 
are calling their player managers, pleading with them not to entertain offers. Well, yes, that is exactly how it works. But there's a bunch of Port Adelaide players who are potentially getting poached that also don't want to go. Well, yeah, if you've got a contract and you're very happy and the club are happy with you, why would you need to request a trade? Dan Houston would seem would be very, very comfortable. He's got a long-term deal. Uh, Zach Butters, the same. Mitch Georgiades will be interesting as well, of course, because he is a West Australian junior uh, and he has one year to go, 2023, on his contract. So, I mean, especially this time next year, if he's not re-signed, then there'll be all sorts of question marks because he's going to be a very, very good player. But in terms of the other trade stuff... He spent a bit of time in the Sample too. George Yardies this yep. year with yeah, the, a couple of games. their forward mix. So yeah, if that continues to happen next year, if he plays at Port, uh, that will cause some some debate. Yes, absolutely. A six-club mega super deal poised to break open the trade period. So there's discussions for GWS to get pick one, North get pick two and three, Port to get Radigalia and Junior Rioli and Horn Francis, West Coast to get picks eight and 12, uh, and also, of course, Brisbane and Geelong will be involved in a deal. So this would have ramifications for every single big-name player up for grabs. Well, not all of them, but a lot of them. Of course, Jason North Francis, etc., and maybe Josh Dunkley to get the Brisbane. Um, but look, it's getting very, very complicated. But it doesn't matter how complicated it gets. If that's what needs to be done, then let's just get this done. 16 mega trade. Woo! Yeah, well, it's, uh, it, it certainly could happen. And if it takes an extra couple of teams to join in, in, uh, in something like this or in this type of trade, well, absolutely, they'd have to look at it. But mm. it does seem, it seems like everyone can benefit out of this greatly. Yes, everyone gets to where they want to get to and potentially um, everyone gets what they want in saying that. So, I mean, the other sort of murmur coming out of the West is that West wouldn't be uh, happy with just picks 8 and 12, like they would want a star player. But won't see what happens with uh, that. The other thing also is that the reports that West Coast are interested in Matt Crouch. That's incorrect. That's not happening? No, that's not incorrect. He says um, if there's some interest in Matt Crouch, and he hasn't requested a trade too, by the way. So he still has a year to go on his deal. But some reports coming out last night that West Coast were into Matt Crouch. I think uh, the Crows and also people from West Coast saying that's just absolutely false. But that's what happens in the trade period. All sorts of bits of inf- information get floated out there and we just wait to see which ones are actually true. Yeah, for sure. And, and you touched on that Matt Crouch hasn't requested a trade. You'd, you'd want to have some interest from a club before requesting a trade, I would have thought. Um, so, oh, look, I mean, I, I, think he, I think he needs to get out of there, to be honest. And I've said that uh, a number of times this year, but... Um, if there's not a whole lot of out there that are willing to take you, um, he might end up being stuck there. Mm. Yeah, you'd love to see him get another go and sort of reinvent himself. When I say reinvent himself, just get another opportunity at the top level and reignite, rather, his AFL career because, I mean, look at numbers. He's a All-Australian. He's a best and fairest winner. He's a very, very good player. Um, but, yeah, watch this space. That'll be an interesting story this time next year. This one, should the Crows have a stab at Jason Ward-Francis and give Rochelle and shop a future first round? You've got to give it a shot. Rochelle a Vic, and he'll end up going home anyway. Well, Josh Rochelle was one of the first to re-sign. He re-signed before he'd even kicked the football for the Crows. So if you can read into that situation, he is absolutely happy. He's part of this young core who's really developing as the next core for the Adelaide Crows. So I don't think the Crows right now would be worried about Josh Rochelle going home in the future at all. Oh, well, 
it's easy to say it now, but you, you never know what might uh, change in terms of circumstances and, and where he sits with things in the next couple of years. But, yeah, I mean, he seems pretty happy at the moment and, and was pretty eager to re-sign, as you said before, even playing a game. So uh, Adelaide will try and keep that, that core uh, talent together for as long as they can. Absolutely, they'd love to, to add Jason Horn-Francis into that mix as well, but they're getting uh, another young superstar in... Isaac Rankin in, uh, and that uh, that forward line, once Rankin joins, will be pretty potent, mm. pretty dangerous. Oh, indeed. Um, so, yeah, to finish up this little trade wrap, that's the other thing we need to talk about is Isaac Rankin. Rankin, it's happening. It's going to happen. It was expected to happen on Thursday. I was saying Thursday at the latest. It's still dragged out to yesterday, and it hadn't been done, so it's probably going to go through on Monday. But all that needs to be happened is what we're hearing from this end is that Gold Coast – need to sort out the paperwork and put it through. Prioritising other deals, etc. But it's going to be pick five, which of course will be pick six, and then probably a future second or third rounder. It's pretty simple stuff, yeah. isn't it? So what, what that sort of says, the Gold Coast want a future second and Adelaide are prepared to give them a future third. That's probably something small, something probably something like reasonably that. minor like that. Yeah. So let's just get it done and get Isaac back to the Crows. Uh, but I would have mentioned too um, Geelong. How do they just keep doing it? They've just acquired Tanner Bruin, as we know, for, for pick 18 from the GWS Giants. And Jack Bowes as well. He's, uh, he's nominated, I think, Geelong, which uh, that comes with pick seven, I think, to, uh, to take over his contract. So Geelong obviously had an unbelievable year, still stacked with talent and superstars, and they do lose nearly the biggest superstar of, uh, of the Geelong footy club in Joel Selwood, but will acquire a couple of absolute ripping players and oh. players that have bright futures. So the rich keep getting richer. So I think that you, uh, the thing about that is you, you'd love to see the books of Geelong and you wouldn't, um, you'd sit there and assume that they were stacked, that every single player was stacked full of cash. But I don't think that's the case. We've heard some stories emerge from post-grand final of all these big-name players who took pay cuts to get other players in. So I think everyone assumes that Joel Sir was on a million plus. Maybe Tom Hawkins was up somewhere near there. Patrick Dangerfield. There's about four or five players who are like, well, they're going to be up towards a million bucks. It's clearly not the case. And from what we keep on hearing without actually knowing, I think it would surprise people that how little some of these players are getting paid so they can recruit other players because they all desperately want to win that much. It's a pretty special time for the Geelong Football Club when you've got your best players doing that. Yeah, and I think from memory, I could be wrong here, but I think Hawthorne might have done a similar thing through their, their little dynasty there as well. Guys taking a little bit less money to, to keep everyone together, to continue that, uh, that successful run that they had. And yeah, there's no doubt that the Cats are, are doing the same thing. Um, guys deciding and, and uh, taking less money to, uh, to keep topping up their list. And, you know, Jeremy Cameron and... And now, you know, Tanner Bruin and Jack Bowes keep uh, they keep getting these these good players in to uh, keep them keep that sustain sustained success. All right, oh four two seven one five four one double six. Thought of thanks to Solitaire Volkswagen this morning. Sixteen degrees across Adelaide today. It's going to be partly cloudy. Uh, back next with more. With Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Yeah, powered by Luma Energy SA from 1 King William Street, right in the heart of the city. Text line open and some great texts coming through. Some ordinary runs, but also some really good ones. 0427 154 166. Keep them coming through and setting a really, really high standard. 1300 736 736 is the number to give us a call all the way up until 1030. 
Jason Horn Francis, if everything goes to plan, will be the latest addition into a bit of a unique club, and that is number one draft picks to change club. Bryce Gibbs, you're one of them. Special, special club you guys are in. Thanks. No, you're very, very welcome. And uh, no doubt you'll have some special advice for Jason Horn Francis as he makes, well, he's made a big decision. Certainly will. And, uh, well, he takes the cake. He's, he's doing it after 12 months. It mm-hmm. took me 11 years to, to come to that uh, decision. But, yeah, it's... Um, there's quite a few on more on this list than I thought there would be. Mm. Some special acknowledgements as well before we get into the list. Jack Watts, Melbourne to Port Adelaide. Um, I love the way that Jack Watts went about it. He copped way much, way more shit than he should have because uh, the pressure that came with being the number one draft pick back in there, Melbourne, big club, and they were absolutely on their bum when they got him. The way that he debuted, uh, which was what, the Queen's birthday game or Anzac Day? One, no, of the, Queens. one of the big ones. Yeah. yeah. So what would have had to mean Anzac Day, wasn't it? Melbourne v. Collingwood. We'll, we'll double check. Yeah. I'll I always get, get back to you. Always get the Queen's birthday and the Anzac Day clash mixed up. But where? Yeah, we got smashed. And then when he came over here, just as he was getting going as well, broke the leg. So there's been a few little moments where Jack Watts couldn't really get going. Uh, Brett Delidio, Richmond to JWS. That's heartbreaking because Brett Delidio was such a good player and then just left the Tigers at the wrong time. Deserved. Um, more premiership success because of his career. Was it the year after they won they won the flag? Oh, it was something like that. You're like, oh, that that doesn't sit right with me because he was such a good player for so long through the tough times. Carves let him down as well. Still played a chunk of football. Was such a good player, but did he play, did he play in that grand final they played against them? So I think he yep he oh. he left and then they beat Adelaide the following year and then they played. The Giants, was it, the following year after that? I'm not sure that he played in that game no. in the uh, losing grand final for GWS. Yep. But, yeah, 2005 to 2016, of yep. course, 2017 onwards they is when the they flag. had the, um, the um, little golden period. Yep. Uh, Tom Skelly as well, Melbourne to GWS to Hawthorne. Um, so, yeah, that was an interesting one as well. But where do you want to start with this list? Uh, well, let's go Brendan Goddard. Yep. So, obviously had a, a fantastic career at uh, at both clubs, really, wasn't it? I mean, he played 334 in total, uh, 129 for them of Essendon, become a best and fairest, and uh, I think he was captain for for a year in there as well. So um, I think he's a good one to start this list. He had a, a very, very good career at Essendon. Like you said, 129 games. The thing about that is, and you just wonder, hindsight's obviously a beautiful thing. There's no way he's going to Essendon knowing what was about to unfold. With the supplement saga. Well, absolutely not. And he walked into, yeah, an absolute... Absolute you-know-what fest. ...debacle yeah. uh, of a situation. Um, and they were probably lucky that he did come because he was one that could help steady the ship and yeah. and try and rally the troops as best he could. Obviously, guys um, leaving and, and missing out on games. And uh, it was a, in what was a very tough period for the Essendon Football Club. Cheesy was a good player. Uh, Goddard. The way that he could kick the ball, the confidence he had with kicking the ball, he was, yep, he was a textbook I, playmaker. I had to tag him uh, in a couple of year period there when I was playing for Carlton under Rats. Uh, I'd do some tagging jobs against teams, and he was one of them against St Kilda every time. And was he as angry as we thought oh, he was? He was always angry, and Which is great. I used to try and pinch him and get into him oh, a little bit, knowing that. that with five minutes into the game, he'd be trying to turn around and belt you, and be trying to get it. He's easy to try and get his mind off, actually, what was going on. But um, he had a pretty good role in that, that St Kilda side. He basically, wherever he thought he was going to impact the game, 
he sort of had the license to put himself there. So if I, if we might start on the wing and then within five minutes he'd be like, nah, we're leaking too many uh, inside 50s. He just put himself to half back and yeah. I sort of had to follow him around wherever. Um, and him being such a, a damaging player, whatever position he played in, um, made him super dangerous. Um, great golfer too. Is really, he? really good golfer. Unbelievable stuff. I think he's on the verge of being professional or something like that. Uh, Paddy McCartan, Sydney Swans, of course, a number one pick for the Saints back in the day. All sorts of issues with uh, concussion, etc. To the point where you're like, well, this he can't make a comeback. He's got to think about the rest of his life. Sydney throw him a bone to the point where it's like, see if he can come up and play some games in our side in the NEFL, I think it was at the time, or even the VFL, the newly established VFL. He impresses that much that he gets thrown a lifeline. And now... Even though the Swans lost in the grand final, he is one of the absolute success and feel-good stories of 2022. Him and his brother, just waxing yeah. centre-half back, full-back, and just getting it done. You're right. And, yeah, he was – he looked like he was never going to get back. Like, I think it was even reported he couldn't go to cafes because of the noise would would affect him, would affect his, affect his brain. So um, it's such a great story and, and a real – a real – Really just good football story and good for Paddy because he, he is a good bloke, a good man. And to see him finally get some, some continuity and not having any issues with, with his head concussions, um, it's been fantastic to see. Yep. Obviously, I mean, it's natural. We are absolutely living in the moment. So right now, all the attention is happening aggressively in the moment with Jason Horn Francis switching from North Melbourne to potentially Port Adelaide. Instead of maybe saying, well, let's just sort of wait on this. Imagine if we um, look back at this in five years' time and then compare it to what happened with Nathan Buckley. So I reckon a lot of people wouldn't even realise that Nathan Buckley started his career at Brisbane. No, you wouldn't. And this is a, could be a very similar storyline in the making. So Bucks are drafted to the Brisbane Bears, as they were back then, through the NT State Zone in a deal that would allow him to go to the club of his choice after the 1993 season. Only after a year, he was traded to Collingwood for Craig Startsevich and Troy Lehman. They were traded to the Bears along with Collingwood's first-round pick. Yeah. So it's this could be similar type setup, although the, the Roos won't get necessarily the players. They'll certainly get a couple of first-round picks. But, uh, yeah, only 12 months after becoming a Bear... Nathan Buckley comes to the pies and the rest is history. All is very, very quickly forgiven if in a couple of years' time you look at uh, Jason Horn Francis' career and he's absolutely established himself as a star in this competition, which, as we know, he absolutely has the traits to do it. And now he, it would seem, will be in the environment to do it as well. Can't wait to see what happens. John Patton, GWS to Hawthorne for a pick in the 60s. I'm just going to read this out as well. Um, things went down here when Patton started texting pictures of his doodle to people. Um, so look, <laughs> it actually says that different situations, different clubs, uh, different lifestyle choices. Um, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but yeah, John Patton, that was an interesting one. That wasn't was it? A, just, yeah, he had the potential to be anything. John Patton with his size and his football talent. And yeah, um, you know, for, for a lot of reasons that, uh, he didn't optimize that talent and, uh, went downhill pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, this is a good one as well. Bryce Gibbs, Carlton to Adelaide. Carlton received picks 10, 16, and 73 in, in the draft and the Crows' 2018 second-round pick. Adelaide received Gibbs, number 77, and Carlton's 2018 second-round and third-round picks. Carlton took Lockie O'Brien with their pick 10. 
But then Bryce uh, turns up to Adelaide, cuts his hair off, and then turns to shit. <laughs> Loses all football ability after mm. cutting his hair off. Lose, lost all of his strength. So who, Very much who, a modern-day so, Samson. So who wins that? Are we giving that to Carlton? Do they win that trade? Um, can they both lose? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I think it's fair to say you, you, could, you could be right there. <laughs> no, I'm not really sure. We could really analyse <laughs> yeah. the winners and losers. Maybe let's not analyse that situation and just swiftly move on. Oh, no, I'm happy to put my hand up. <laughs> we all know it didn't work out. Yeah. No, I think when you guys sat down with the Crows, you said, look, if we can get 30-odd games out of here, oh, yeah, we'll be happy. That's all we need from this. <laughs> that's 36 said. games. 36 and games. We'll, that, that's worth two first-round picks. Yeah, and a few games in the sample too, and we're happy. Oh, yeah, to be fair, the... The Crows sort of promised that I'd probably still be playing. Yeah, yeah. Do your four-year deal. Do uh, maybe add on another year or two at the end. You can go to half back and extend your career. Yeah. Jeez, that, that, that panned out the way they thought it would. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You're going to be our Scotty Penelbury. <laughs> uh, finally, Tom Boyd, GWS to the Bulldogs, of course. This was such a big deal, like when it was all going through. Um, and then it finally did go through. And, of course, the money involved as well was astronomical for a young man. Um, but at the time, it almost felt unheard of. Yeah, people had forgotten about the Nathan Buckley situation. And this was the first, I feel, real proper situation like this in modern day football. It was epic. Yeah, it was huge, wasn't it? Mm. And never quite found his feet at the Bulldogs either, did he? He never just quite dominated the way we thought he might. But when it's all said and done, he helped them win a flag. Yeah, he really did. Um, spoke on trade radio as well during the week. Speaks very well, does Tom Boyd. Liam Pickering, my manager, you know, was masterful in setting the Giants, put them in a position where they had to accept the trade offer that was on the table from the Bulldogs. And Liam had spent three or four days basically leveraging public opinion against the Giants and trying to put them in a difficult position. Um, Pickers basically said, look, they've gone home. We're not getting anywhere. Not sure if this is going to happen. So I wake up the next morning or after probably not sleeping very well at all. And, you know, the deal of a lifetime gets sealed by two words, which basically just said it's done. Um, you know, of course, I said, what's done? But, um, yeah, that was basically the, the uh, extent of my trade period, a very stressful few days. There you go. So he, he retires prematurely, um, plays about 60-odd games in the AFL, and then the question is asked, who won? Was it GWS or the Bulldogs? Well, clearly it was the Bulldogs because of this. Boys kick the goal! Boys oh! kick the goal! From inside the team! Let's do that again. Let's do that again. You know what we're all waiting for. Boys kick the goal! Boys oh! kick the goal! From inside the team! <laughs> and there it is, ladies and gentlemen. I think we can all agree that it's the best bit of radio commentary you will hear. It's <laughs> so good. And yeah, I mean the the money, the the thing the, the things they had to give up to get Tom Boyd and him just kicking pretty much the sealer from inside the centre square in that grand final just pretty much justified everything. Really got BT going, must be said. And got me going, listening to BT getting going. It got everyone going. We all said the same thing, except uh, BT was doing it. <laughs> it was live on air. On a national platform. Oh four two seven one five four one double six. that's a text line. Get involved this morning. Give us a call as well, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Um, our very good friend Tommy Lyons is going to join us next. Uh, top of 16 across Adelaide today. It'll be a cloud or two. With a large range of Volkswagen models in stock, visit Solitaire Volkswagen and test drive today. Live across Australia.
Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Yes, powered by Lumo Energy SA. Doing it thanks to our very, very good friends as well at Solitaire Volkswagen. And our best friend of the show is Tommy Lyon. He joins us. Good morning to you, Tommy. It's been an interesting week. Good morning to you both. Yes, a few lessons to come out of the week. And, uh, well, I've been keeping an eye across things. Mm. One of them, breakfast television, my lot. It's just sickening sometimes how overly bright they are. Um, but one lesson to come out of Sunrise and Koshi in particular, just putting his foot in it, is you, you need to know the answer to your questions before you ask it. Now, a lovely woman from Adelaide uh, this week, Christine, she lives in Burton and, and she won a cruise trip of a lifetime. Um, have a listen to what happened next. Would you like to go cruising? <laughs> oh, that would be fantastic. Go to your front door, Christine. Tell us who you're going to take. I'm going to take my husband. Oh, why? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, he's uh, got terminal cancer. Oh, oh. my gosh. gosh. You're now, gosh, real solid twist and turn in events. Absolute uh, twist in the end there. Twist in the sting in the tail for Koshi. You really got to know the answer to the question before you ask it. But luckily, Christine and her husband are going to have a good time on that cruise. And um, I hope they have a lovely time, actually. Now, next one, LeBron James this week was talking about the impact social media has on the current players, the current um, generation of people. You know, there's always negative comments. And he says... He, th- he thinks he wouldn't have been able to handle it. Have a listen. Um, for me, what I went through, um, I just said, thank God I didn't have social media. That's all I can say. I can't imagine what my life would kind of, how would have been different or what would have transpired with me with social media. And- I find that really, really interesting to come from LeBron. Yeah. Because I would think that LeBron is one of those blokes who would absolutely just get better and better if social media was there. He loves it. Like, he loves the yeah. attention right now. He he openly promotes himself on social media. And I'm all for it. I'm a huge, huge LeBron fan. But I feel like that if social media was back down there with all the pressure he was getting, front cover of Sports Illustrated, The Chosen One, all that kind of stuff, it would have made him even better, given him even more confidence. There's certain blokes where you're like, oh, geez, I don't need that sort of pressure. Mm. I felt like LeBron was one of them who just absolutely it brought the best out of him. Loved it. Gibber, how have you gone over the journey with, I'm sure, maybe one or two people have uh, laid the boot into you on social media? Oh, (laughs) multiple times, especially, well, one, as a professional athlete. I mean, you're constantly getting feedback on your performance and how you're going on a Saturday afternoon from not only Carlton fans, but uh, just a lot of fans in general. So. I mean that just that's part and parcel of the of the game these days, and there there, there were some games where you knew you've put in an average performance, mm. and yeah, it hasn't gone to plan, and you might have lost by ten goals, and sometimes you you would choose just not to look. You'd be <coughs> like I'm not even going to look at social media for the next twenty four hours. How often would you respond? And was there a line there where people would go down and be like, "No, nah, I'm going to respond to you." Well, it's borderline because some of the stuff that gets written, like it's. It's disgusting. And yeah. when they start attacking your family and, and going off on tangents, that it just it's just not necessary. Like, I always, I always didn't like to reply because then it just it gave them fuel, fuel and g- gave them satisfaction that they'd got me. So I, I would try my heart. So absolutely. Sometimes I was like, I wanted to. And 
more so probably my wife more than anything. She wanted to get online and stick up for me as well. But I would try and tell her, just let them go. Just don't react to it because that's what they want. So um, that's the sort of line I tried to go down. When you had long hair and people were like, oh, <laughs> stop competing with Loz for the most beautiful hair in your family. <laughs> yeah. You can't beat her, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, all, all that. So uh, you chopped it off. All the big, the big issues. <laughs> mm. But, um, oh, yeah, like daily, Tommy. Yeah. I would just turn it off. I mean, I, I've not lived in the limelight like you, but the worst I've had personally is when I – I've uploaded my video music videos to YouTube and um, as they begin to go semi-viral and people start to comment and yep. they comment on your appearance, um, one person said he, he looks like a, C, a C-grade version of Ed Sheeran <laughs> and sounds like a D-grade one. <laughs> you so, go. That's the red hair coming out again. People like to comment on that. So you know? Ed Sheeran's that good. You take that. Are you okay? No, I'm not. <laughs> I've held on to that for a good five years. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I need some consoling. The This also got me thinking about several weeks ago, people love to comment about us and how we're going and, and give feedback on this very show. Well, we crave feedback. We love it. We it's love immediate. feedback. A bit of information coming through uh, both ways. That's fantastic. A lot hit, of it, hit us with it. It feels like an off-air conversation, but what do we got? Some of it really good. Some of it not so good. Um, one on, underneath a video about, I think it was Bryce's discussion about when you made your debut on Neighbours. So we're just having fun. You know, we just love to have a bit of Saturday. fun on the show. It's Saturday. Mate, it's Saturday. Can, yeah. we, can we live our lives? Your for lives goodness sake. On a Saturday People's lives are beginning when Saturday rolls around. And so that's why we like to have fun on the show. We do. Like sometimes, well, We've got scripts here, what we're supposed to stay to and stay on track. But sometimes we just yes. go... Throw it out the window. Throw it out the window (laughs) and we just live and die by feeling the moment. That's when you have the most fun. And so underneath this video of us having a good time, comment number one from Blake, very good boys, enjoying the show. Thank you. That's nice. Yes, nice. Thank you, Blake. Hello. Comment number two from Steve, I like these guys, they have fun. They yes. sound like three genuine mates. Thank you. It's Saturday. Well, <laughs> I, and thank you for noticing the chemistry between us. Mm. It's, it's on mic and off mic. Hey, two from two. Two from two. Now, the third one, this is where it gets interesting, from Joseph. He says, I can't believe SEN run this dribble. I listened in the other day and they sound like three giggling little girls. <laughs> no thanks. Switching back to Hutchie. <laughs> Joseph. That's good. Hey, um, what do you think, Dane Rampy? It's all for little girl. <laughs> it's a great. When thing. did he say Dane Rampy? When did he say that? Oh, I think he just gave the uh, umpire a little bit of feedback a couple of years ago. But that's some um, some interesting feedback. Um, yeah. Sound like a bunch of little girls yeah, well, giggling. Look, you can't uh, you can't help and please everyone, can you? So, nah. Joey, if you don't want to tune in. Don't. No, I still tune, tune in. Still tune in, Joey, because uh, you're giving us some content. It's good. I remember uh, doing a little article for SCN about <laughs> the SSP period and basically saying how both um, parties could win, and that is the Sample Clubs and the AFL Clubs. Because yeah. right now, sometimes the Sample Clubs lose their best players right on the eve of the season. So that a good friend of the show is Jay Fry on Twitter. Um, <laughs> I'll reveal his identity. It's Callum. <laughs> It's Callum. I think he's listening this morning as well. So if you are Callum, send us another text. So he put a comment on there, which is clearly directed at me. And I know that he's joking, but nobody else does. (laughs) So he writes, Andrew hates kids getting a go. It's so disappointing. (laughs) (laughs) And I sort of had a bit of a laugh at it. And then Adzi at Leafy17 said, Hazy's just there to lick Kane's boots clean. Never has anything interesting to say. (laughs) 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 <laughs> it's true. 
Have a look at Kane's boots. They're always <laughs> They're clean. Speak and they span. They're always clean. Absolutely shiny. And that was the job description when they asked you to join. They said, we need you to be on your knees, on the ground, groveling to Kane each morning and licking those boots. And keeping those boots clean. And I'm telling you, next time we see Kane Corns, have a look at his boots. Sparkling. Speak and span. Spa- the hokers, absolutely sparkling. Oh, yeah. L- the lesson there is to limit. L- limit your social media use just for... Um, after 10 p.m. at night for three hours before you go to bed. There you go. And just like we're doing right now, um, just laugh about it. Wipe the tears away and <laughs> laugh about it. That's all you have to do. <laughs> With a large range of Volkswagen models in stock, visit Solitaire Volkswagen and test drive today. Live across Australia. Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Yeah, thanks to our good mates at Solitaire Volkswagen. The new performance R range is now at Solitaire Volkswagen. Of course, we're powered by Lumo Energy SA, and you can get involved at 0427 Yeah, boy, Callum, he's listening. He said, boy, it's a great show. First time listening. A little bit loose on the weekends. I love it. The Sava trade feels like it makes the most sense to get done with all the talent coming in. Seems like it would be even harder for him to get a regular spot at the Cats. Spot on. He wants to go to Port Adelaide because he's going to get better opportunities. Port Adelaide wanted to come so he can fill that big key defensive spot. It is an absolute win-win. The Cats can't stop Asava from going and saying, no, 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 look, we, we just want to keep you because we like having some good solid depth. And who knows, if you keep on going the way that you're going, you could win a premiership in the VFL. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I mean, with the inclusions of a couple of young stars coming over to the Cats in this trade period, uh, yeah, he might be uh, looking for more opportunity. Not that they're fighting for the same position, obviously, but uh, he would earn probably a bigger contract and a few extra dollars on top of that as well. So yeah. it is enticing for Asava Radigalia. Mm, indeed. Um, well, let's get into our sports wrap. Uh, let's start with some basketball. Uh, LeBron James, we heard from him just before, but he was asked if he'd watched Victor Webanyama uh, last night, and if so, if he could share his thoughts. So... Victor is this young Frenchman who is listed at seven foot two. Insane that there's a picture of him next to Rudy Gobert. He it, makes him look small. Yeah, and I think isn't Rudy Gobert listed around about seven foot two? Yeah. So who knows exactly if Rudy's a bit smaller or this kid's even bigger? But this guy, it would seem, has been absolutely carved and gifted from the basketball gods. Were you able to catch Victor Wembanyama last night? I did. We're labeling like this unicorn thing. Everybody's been a unicorn over the last few years, but he's more like, like an alien. I've never seen, no one has ever seen anyone as tall as he is, but as fluid and as graceful he is out on the floor. I mean, at 7'4 or 7'5 or 7'3, whatever the case may be, he's for sure um, a generational talent. <laughs> Strong words from LeBron James. And uh, when the bloke who's in the conversation for the GOAT says that, then. Um, yeah, Victor's heading in a pretty positive direction. Mate, watching some of his uh, highlights from a game he played in the other day, like, he, but he, he's seven foot, whatever you said he was, and he's pulling up from three and just sinking them. Yeah, like unbelievable. And he, there was some vision of him playing a pickup game against Rudy Gobert not that long ago, and Rudy Gobert obviously is as a tall man himself and multiple defensive player of the year, and he pulled up and, and shot over him like he was a little boy. Yes, yeah. So he's those. Big very, boys. Very good player. I mean, it's almost like someone turning up in the AFL who is six foot six or six foot eight who is running around as a midfielder, not as a ruckman. Like someone who's 200 plus, genuinely cruising around, uh, running around like they are one of those small midfielders. That's yep. what it feels like with this bloke. Yeah. And he looks so coordinated too. Some, sometimes the bigger fellas can uh, little bit, be a little bit more uncoordinated, but uh, his handles and the way he was dribbling and 
dishing it around his back through his legs, etc. He uh, he's going to be a generational talent, that's for sure. Yep, if you tuned in last night to the cricket, the Aussies got off to a very, very good start against the West Indies at the Gab. Australia secured a 31 win over the West Indies after some Mitchell Stark magic in the field and some lofty Tim David hitting at the Gabba. After being sent into bat, Warner had 75 of 41. He looked unstoppable at one stage. He came out swinging but had little support uh, early with Cam Green. He fell for one hour and Finch, 15, falling pretty early. Aussies lost three for five midway three innings. The West Indies were in total control before David went aerial in the 16th over, got the job done. So, look, absolutely well and truly interested in this thing as long as the Aussies win. Uh, David Warner looked like he was getting into some good form, didn't he? Mm. I was watching him early in that innings and, uh, yeah, he was seeing him very nicely, Davey Warner, and we want him firing for the up-and-coming T20 World Cup, which is about to start soon. Mm, absolutely. Um, another little question, sub-question for you, Bryce. This is from uh, Mark from Hackham. He said, just wondering why Bryce wasn't asked back on Neighbours. Did he start their downfall as well? This seems to be a bit of a flow here. Like, is everything you're touching turning shit or what's happening? I think I might know Mark from Hackham, but uh, Mark, yeah, look, they, they didn't ask me back. Um, is that because they couldn't afford you or? Well, they couldn't afford both myself and Margot Robbie. We were in that same scene together and uh, we were both, our both acting careers were taking off at the same time. And they basically said to us, we can only keep one of you. So yeah. I said, look, I'm, I'm keen to keep doing this football thing. Maybe Margot, you should. Pursue her and see if you can get her becoming the talent that she mm. is and keep um, keep her development on the rise. And yeah. they, they went that way and uh, look, great, got great on Margot. She went off to do big and better things as well. Well, Margot who? What's she done? Just become one of the biggest actresses on the planet. Ever. <laughs> Ever. Uh, it's a good text, 0427 154 166. Uh, this one, morning lads, first draft picks changing clubs. Luke Hodge says hi. That's from Lee from Birkenhead. Of course, Luke Hodge. Uh, finished his career up in Brisbane. So that's a very, very good nomination. And that was successful as well. Did everything that could possibly be achieved at Hawthorne and finished his career at a high note. He wasn't just topping up because I dare say what he did from a development side of things would have been absolutely priceless up there. Yeah, certainly went up there and helped with that cultural piece, didn't he? And, and in that leadership space, sat on the halfback flank and uh, still played pretty well for, for the last couple of years of his career. But, uh, yeah, what, what he did in terms of the off-field leadership, or an on-field leadership, of course, but um, left a, a f- profound impact on, on the Brisbane Lions before finally retiring. Good text from Jeff in Salisbury. Really good point. He said, hey, fellas, Jason and Francis going to port is nothing like Buckley Brisbane Pies. North have no CEO, no recruiters, and probably no coach. So, in short... North is a basket case. Yep, yep. We all know their, their struggles at the moment and uh, a few of these situations that they're facing aren't going to get uh, sorted out anytime soon. Mm. Uh, lads with Horn Francis off the table for the Crows, who should they t- uh, target next year? That's from Steve from Vermont. Um, if we're starting to talk about next year, that's a good question. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head the exact area that the Crows would need to top up on. I mean, he's starting to think about that K4 because techs can't play around forever. No, we can't. Um, yeah, I haven't looked into it too much, but uh, they're, they're still going to be pretty competitive, I think, next year, the Crows. I, I think in a lot of their games this year, they were competitive. But yeah, you're right. A key forward would be would be on the radar, I think. Like, Texas is still playing really good footy. And you think what he did, especially early in the year, the first five or six games, he was uh, he was nearly leading the Brownlow at one stage, yep. I think, there. So... Um, Although he is in the twilight of his career, uh, 
adding to the forward big forward stocks uh, would be a priority. But as we know, Hazy, these big big key forwards don't grow on trees. And uh, if there are some that are in the draft, um, they usually go pretty early. They definitely don't grow on trees. In fact, no humans grow on trees. Righto. Here, here he is. <laughs> here he is. Mate, Saturday morning, yeah, Gibbsy, yeah. come on. I'm just try to have some fun, all right? That was, just a, ch- that was a cheap, <laughs> low-hanging fruit there. For goodness for sake, can I get you a beer? <laughs> <laughs> all right, get involved, 0427. 154, 166, coming up next. We're going to talk about some of the shock trades, not just uh, from an AFL point of view because um, it's a little bit easier in the AFL. All the, play- all the power goes to the player. The player has to absolutely approve the trade to go through. Not so much in some of the bigger sports like the NBA and some of these soccer trades, etc. So if you've got a nomination, uh, get it through. 0427 154 166. Live across Australia, Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Yeah, powered by Lumo Energy SA. The text line 0427 154 166. This one from Tris. I think you like this one, Gibbsy. says, you think, I think you three are a bit of fun and the laughter is a good thing. Forget the haters. Keep doing what you're doing. Thanks, Trish. <laughs> yes, Trish. Good. Thank you. We like Trish. You've got to believe in yourself and just go for it. This one, you lads are fresh. Fresh Hutchin pickers are like two old Muppets. You sent that through. That's your number, Gibbsy. <laughs> I thought I'd get away with that one. So, sorry, pickers. Sorry, Hutchie. Yeah. Uh, Brett texted. He said, guys, North Melbourne should just bite the bullet and move to Tassie to become the Hobart Boomers which are kangaroos or the Hobart Hammers. There you go. Don't mind that. I'm not sure that'll uh, keep Jason Horn Francis uh, on your books if you were to head down to Tassie. The Hobart, the Hobart Hammers, though. Yeah, I don't mind it. That's got a nice little ring to it. Absolutely. Um, all right, let's do some shock trades, not just uh, in the AFL but across the board. Um, we'll start with the AFL, though. Um, Ryan Burton comes to mind. So this was one, he was a very, very good player, 50-odd games for Hawthorne. And I remember back then watching him play and going, well, I don't even know what his best position is because he's a genuine swingman and he's really good at both ends of the field. So all of a sudden, Chad Wingard is available and the Hawks say, okay, well, we want him. Uh, Would you take Burton? And Port Adelaide obviously say, your bloody oath would take Burton. And then he's got to agree to it. He does. And it was only early this year as well when he signed another... I think it was a three-year extension where I think even him himself said, look, that was one of those moments where at the time he probably was upset, but thank goodness it happened. Worked out for the best. Yeah, it did. And pick 19 too. So yeah, they, they got him pretty early-ish in the draft. And I, I remember seeing that go through. I was pretty shocked by that as well, mm. that Hawthorne were going to let him go. Uh, and I mean, looking back now, they probably, they're probably in front on that one. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean Chad Wingard's done some nice things at, at uh, Hawthorne, but I think Burton's had more of an impact at the power than uh, than Chad has at the Hawks. I don't think that's even close. Uh, Port Adelaide's won that trade. Uh, Burton, for the first half of this season, was in all Australian contention. Absolutely. Playing some really, really good football. It's going to be interesting to see where he finishes in the best and fairest coming up. Um, so across the board as well, I remember Darren Williams. So the story about Darren Williams, who former NBA player, was that he was, when he was at Utah, he was on the trainer's bench getting his uh, ankles strapped, ready to play that night in a few minutes or about an hour or so time, and it comes up on sports and on the TV. Darren Williams has been traded. He read that while he, he was waiting to get ready. He waiting to get strapped wow. for the Jazz, to which, by all reports, he cracked the shits as you would and said, I'm not playing. How about that? And then just left. Well, I wouldn't probably play either. You wouldn't play, but the fact that no one had spoken to you, Communication is important, yeah, that's, isn't it, Yeah, that's pretty poor. That's pretty poor. To learn your fate via 
TV. <laughs> TV, a report on the TV. The fact that it's gone through to that level where it's in the hands of media companies before the people at the actual sports franchise can word it to you. He just forgot, I think. Just, <laughs> just slipped, forgot. Just slipped his mind. It was game oh, day. Darren. It was game day. They had to get prepare for the upcoming uh, upcoming game. Oh, shit. Sorry about that, Darren. Um, you don't play for the Jazz anymore? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you play for the Nets. So, see you, mate. Um, all good, though. We've got an Uber here to good, come take you away. Good luck with it. And best of luck with you. You'll be fine. You make millions of dollars. Um, some more examples across your mind? Uh, Derek Rose, I reckon. Similar thing happened there. I think you might have some audio. Derek Rose? So, Derek Rose, when he got traded from the Bulls to the Knicks, and you need to keep in mind as well that Derek Rose was Chicago through and through. He was the pinup boy. I think he grew up in Chicago. And at no stage did he want to leave uh, Chicago and get traded anywhere. So this was the moment uh, he was doing a documentary at the time when his manager, BJ Armstrong, gave him the news. What's up, B? Hey, hey, so I just talked to Phil. The Yeah. It's really quite confronting when you watch the documentary because he's he's clearly in tears and he's sort of goes on with this conversation with BJ who's just so stone-faced and so straight down the line with him. Um, he's saying, you're lying, you're lying. He said, no, this is going to happen. It's happening. Um, and then sort of spun it the other way. He's man, just saying, look, this is a great opportunity for you. Um, and it's little things like that that you go, wow, it's such a big business over there, like a big, brutal business in saying that. Um, it wouldn't be the worst thing playing for the New York Knicks when you're making million, millions and millions of dollars, but still. And again, this is another shock one because he was traded for Dennis Smith Jr. and a 2021 second round pick. So Dennis um, Smith Jr. has done nothing. He no. went on to, or he's gone on to do nothing in terms of uh, playing regularly for one and um, a, a, a future second round pick. So it's not, they didn't get a whole lot for him. No. And obviously Derek Rose was shattered because he, uh, before his injury, he was. Uh, NBA MVP he was of the, the league man. and was playing very, very well. So, um, yeah, that, that was a little bit confronting uh, watching that. He was absolutely the man, correct me if I'm wrong, but the youngest ever NBA. Still a very, very good player. Um, this one's interesting. Can you take us through Austin Jackson? So Austin Jackson was traded mid-game from the Detroit Tigers to the Seattle Mariners in 2014 in a three-way trade. I'll repeat that. He was traded mid-game. Well, the Tigers right now are making a change here in mid-inning. Austin Jackson's being pulled out of the game, and this probably is something that uh, is real indicative of what's about to happen. How about this? Austin Jackson being taken out of the game and getting a standing ovation from Tigers fans. What a surreal feeling that has to be to walk off the field in the middle of an inning. It's got to be difficult for Austin, whichever team he's going oh, to. Oh, that's unbelievable. Um, I don't know exact player as well, though, but again, an NBA story, I'm sure it was Detroit and his vision of this particular fan waiting for the players to come out with his favourite player, wearing his favourite player's Guernsey and waiting and waiting and waiting and the player doesn't eventually come out and then the news came through, he'd just been traded yep. and he's not playing tonight. Fan shattered. It's pretty brutal, isn't it? <laughs> it's brutal. That, that, uh, that can happen like that and, and play out like that. No, I've got, just listening to that uh just jogged my memory and I can't remember exactly who it was, but I reckon that happened at, at Carlton one day. And I don't think it was a tr during trade period. It was more the, um, the, you can pick up someone in the, yep. whatever it was, but we were training preseason and 
when they were trying to on train play uh, be as a train on to maybe yep. potentially get picked up by by Carlton. And um, mid session, yeah, Sox walked out and said, "You you've been we were keen to pick you up, but you've been picked up before us." So and literally oh. walked off mid mid uh, training session. Yeah, wow. To go pack his bag. So some, some nice stories as well from a sample point of view as well. I remember I was at West Adelaide when that happened to Will Snelling. So the first mid-season draft happened and it was right in the middle of West Adelaide training and they sort of ran out and said, stop training, mate. Don't hurt yourself. Yeah. Like you've the, just been picked up by Essendon. The pre-season um, pick-up that, that, that happens these days. So, uh, yeah, a bit, bit of a weird scenario that uh, one minute you're training with this bloke and next minute he's walking off because uh, mid-session because he's just been traded to someone else or been picked up by someone else. Because he's literally just turned into the opposition. Um, quick story from uh, Raf Clark emerging during the week. So, secured defender Raf Clark back in the day revealed why he hated the Saints for so long finishing his AFL career in 2012. So he played there for nine years, 85 games. He was a former number eight draft pick. He says he was disappointingly delisted by a text message. He said the way he was shown the door angered him and that it's only, he's only just started to get his passion back for the club. He gave so much to. Um, that's not normal, isn't it? Surely that's a one-off to get delisted by a text message because that is, that's low. That's not great. That's not great. And that, that's also jogged my memory too about uh, Matty Wright from the Crows. Yep. I don't think it was via text message, but... The club rang him while he was on his honeymoon to say that he was going to be delisted. Oh, that's rough. So where's the, how's the timing? Yeah. Just give him the courtesy and tell him maybe before he goes or when he gets back. But while he's on his honeymoon in Hawaii, he gets the phone call and says, uh, you're no longer required, bud. Oh, yeah, that's it's brutal. That is professional sport for you, though. Shock trades and axings. So get your nominations through, 0427 154 166. Top of 16 across Adelaide today. It's going to be partly cloudy. Good morning. With a large range of Volkswagen models in stock, visit Solitaire Volkswagen and test drive today. Live across Australia, Saturdays in SA with Andrew Hayes and Bryce Gibbs. Look, do yourself a favour and get around the good folks at Solitaire Volkswagen. I'll tell you right now, you will not be disappointed. And while we are talking about Solitaire Volkswagen, the new performance R range, that's exactly where you will find it. Uh, 27 minutes past 10, Tom Lyon is in here looking very, very lovely to you. Thank you very much. I'm I'm feeling very lovely. Uh, the sun is shining. It's springtime. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, preparing a four year old's birthday today. Oh so yes, turning four. Uh, it's a big day. Yeah, it's a big day. My wife and I have had the discussion about this terminology called the mental load. Have you heard of that saying? Oh, I thought you were going to talk about uh, discussion about getting the snip, but go on. No, no, that's a. I mean, I'm happy to do that. I'm done. But um, <laughs> the the mental load is where. Uh, predominantly taken on by women who are organising all the birthdays, organising all the logistical things, yep. and and it's sort of upon us to proactively take on more of these things. So that's that's what I'm doing today. I'm I'm shopping for the for the four year old party. Wow, there you go. What, Congratulations what, to you, and good luck with you because no doubt you'll miss something. Because you're a bloody, no, and we miss these little yeah. things. What sort of party? We got a theme. Oh, or? It's, it's a bit of a rave. We've nice, got um, nice. <laughs> some so ha- deep trance. Dog and duck. Dog and duck, yeah, and then we move on to um, the old heaven. Uh, <laughs> no, it's just, it's just at a park. Got my sister coming down. She's going to be a fairy for a little while. Nice. Yeah, blowing some, blowing some bubbles around the place. So that's um, pretty exciting for the adults. That's good. Uh, taking your job <laughs> for the afternoon. 
Yes. Form of fairy. This text as well. DeMarcus Cousins traded from Kingston, New Orleans, was told whilst being interviewed at the All-Star game break. That's a heavy way to find Whoa. out. Good one. Good one. Jeez, I remember please. that. Hey, Gibbsy, your plans today? Nah, very quiet. Just uh, going to try and enjoy this sunshine, actually. Might get down to the park. Might go and crash Tommy's Ooh. fourth You're birthday welcome. party. You're yes. welcome. I don't What's mind that? A star is always welcome. Just give us a suburb. What suburb are we in? Semaphore Park. Semaphore Park, okay. Got a great meeting spot down there. All right. Maybe a couple of blokes will turn up <laughs> in the six-pack and we'll see what happens. All right, stick around. Crunch time is on next, and uh, we'll catch you this time next week. Thank you so much for the text, uh, and all the best to you and your families for the rest of the weekend. Take care. <laughs> God bless. <laughs>